journey with me? Are you following Jesus with me? How's the bed feeling these days? We're in the middle of something called the awakening. We are on day 14. If you're fasting with us, and I pray that all of you are, I, I believe most of you are. I seem like I get, I told Rachel, I seem like I get an email or a phone call or a text message about every day about something God's doing in somebody's life. Um, something I want to make you aware of, men's breakfast is still going on this Saturday. Sign up on the sheet out there. It's free this, this time around. Uh, because we are doing a Daniel fast, we're not providing like the meal we'd normally provide. It's full of all kinds of, well, <laughs> no sausage, no bacon, no, that's like that. Um, biscuits and things. We'll be doing oatmeal and cereals and fruit and things like that. We'll have some hot stuff. We are going to serve coffee and juice and all that normal stuff. But we're going to try and make it as, as palatable as possible and still help guys stay on track with what God's called them to do. How's that? Does that sound good? You guys want to meet us there? Listen, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we're still going to share the word together. We're going, to, we're going to celebrate around the person of Christ and grow in him together as men. So please come be a part of that. Also, the prayer times are still continuing morning, noon, and night during the course of this week. We're having another prayer meeting, a concerted prayer meeting together Wednesday evening at 7. Uh, I encourage all of you who can and, and, and want to grow close to Jesus, come and be a part of that with us. Next Sunday, we're going to break the fast together first by coming here and worshiping and praying uh, celebrating the person of Christ together, and then once we're done with that, we're going to travel right across the hallway in the cafe, and we're going to eat some some food together and break the fast officially. And so I want you guys to just just make yourself available to that and just enjoy it with us um, as well. As I was talking, I, I've been getting calls and emails uh, a little bit and texts and things like that. If you have something you'd like to share about some, how God is doing something in your life during the course of this, we want to make an opportunity available to you. And what we think we'll probably do is maybe even share some of them next Sunday night uh, as, as we're, we're celebrating and, 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 and praying and stuff like that and worshiping. But also we may produce things on the, on the website, maybe on the newsletter, where we'll say, as a result of our awakening 21-day fast, this and this happened, and, and list. If you guys got the book, at the end of each chapter, they, they put a, a, a personal reference there where somebody went through the fast did what, what God had called them to do and how God showed up big in their lives and how God changed certain things about their lives. We like to keep that going because we, know, we want this to be not just an end of itself that we came to the end of 21 days and blam, it was over. We want to continue the process of growing close to Christ. And we want there to be things that will encourage us to keep going in that direction. And so the word of our testimony hope it helps us to overcome. And so we want you to be there. So it, it, there's a little blip in the bulletin about awakening at churchtea.org, okay? If some of you would rather call the, call the office and leave something, that's great. Uh, if some of you would rather send something via, you know, as they say, snail mail, through the mail, and, and send us a hard copy that we can utilize later, that'd be great, too. If you don't use the use internet or email or whatever, we'll, we'll take that. So um, we're here in the middle of it. We're approaching week three. We're on day 14. Anybody felt like quitting yet? I see some honest hands and honest faces out there. How about the rest of you? Anybody, anybody got some honesty out there? Uh, we got the bed still here. There's still somebody in there. Thank God still trying to awaken someone. We got this lovely food. I keep looking at that cup over there, man. I asked Thomas to get us some stuff from McDonald's, and he had to bring this one. Oh, man. Uh, I look there and go, man, that's just, 
Then I look over here. Man, look at that. My I, I kind of like pineapple anyway, but last, last night I dipped into a little, some pineapple. Threw some, threw some chunks into a bowl. It was fresh. We cut it up at the house a couple of days earlier. I'm going to tell you something. Pineapple never, ever, ever, ever tasted so good. Ever. I tell my kids all the time, pineapple's like God's candy. You know what I mean? It's like it's like perfect when it's ripe and it's good. It's like this, like the best. And I tell you what, you know, I learned it. I'm learning this week about myself. It's not just about not doing this. It's not about the vacancy. It's about the filling. It's about removing the junk so good stuff can get in. It's about choosing living water over carbonation and whatever else is in that stuff. High, high, what is that? What's that stuff? High glucose, high fructose corn syrup. What is it? That stuff's horrible. That's what it's about. And if you're like me, you might have found opportunities to quit. If I felt like quitting, who's a, who, where, where were those hands? Dude, I can just flourish this one day, right? I can just, it wouldn't matter if I watched just this one TV show. You feel that nudge. It wouldn't matter if I just spent a little bit of time on Facebook, would it? Because we haven't been this legalistic. It's not just about food. We've, we've encouraged people to do other things. Maybe God's encouraged you to forgo Facebook for 21 days. Maybe God's encouraged you to, to, to forget you know, certain other activities or hobbies or things that just eat up your time. It wouldn't matter if I just And we find a, we have a hard time. If you're like me, you found opportunities in life to quit. I can remember as a, as a sophomore, getting ready to go into my junior year of school, and I can remember my... I was a, I've been a football player. I've been a footballer most of my, my young days. As early as I could start playing football, I started playing football. And I was, I was in high school, and going into my, 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 my junior season, I was just at the, no, it was, it was going into my sophomore season. I was, I just wanted to quit. I just wanted to give up. And I made that comment to a friend of mine, made a comment to my dad, and just ready to throw in the towel, you know. My dad called my coach. My coach called me, Aaron. What's going on, man? And he grabbed me in the hallway one afternoon, and he made me sit on the bench beside of him. In Florida, you don't have big, huge buildings like you have here. You have a, a campus, a bunch of small buildings, because weather's not an issue. So instead of one humongous building, you have a campus that's laid out, and there's open-air hallways and different things like that. And so we, he grabbed me one day, and he sat me on a bench, and we sat there together. And he began to talk to me about things he saw in me that weren't complete yet, and he began to tell me that he thought if, if I became a quitter, I, that'd be something I'd be, a, be, a, be doing the rest of my life. And there was more for my life than that. And he saw certain things in me and qualities that I hadn't even realized he'd even seen and that I didn't even see. And he began to encourage me along those lines. Well, we get into that, into that conversation, and I realized, dude, I'm not, I can't quit. Well, how, can I, how, can I, how can I quit? If that's really true, I don't know that it is or if it isn't, but if it's true, I can't quit. 
Right now, we're in the middle of, of this fasting, and God's calling us to a higher place, and He sees things in us, and He has plans for us that are not yet fulfilled. And the reason He's called us to this place is because He wants us to grow up in the nurture and the stature and the, 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 the image of the person we call Jesus. And He's not done yet. And you've got one week left, and you can't quit. See, because if we quit, we don't know what lies ahead. Because I did not know that by my senior season, my coach would have sent me as the only representative from my school and from my team to a leadership, athlete leadership conference that would begin to instill in me things that would lead me down the road to where I am now. I did not see, I did not see myself as a leader at that point in my life. I did not see myself as a person that, could be, that anybody would want to follow. I did not see myself as that. And he began to nurture that. But see, I almost quit before that process had a chance to take root in my life. And now looking back, I go, holy smoke, what was that all about? As a young 15-year-old kid, God was already beginning something that if I would have quit, something as stupid and as practical and as just every day as football, maybe some other things wouldn't have transpired in my life. I became a captain on that team and did several other things where God began to put me in a place where I began to understand certain things and grow up not only as, as a football player but as a human being and, and ultimately as a person who follows Christ. There were things he would instill in me. And you know what? Some of us are right there right now. We're on the verge of quitting, and God's still trying to develop something in us. Here's the other thing you don't know. The thing, one, one of the things that, that happened in those last two years of me playing football, or three years of me playing football, I have three friends right now who are followers of Christ. Last I had contact with them. My connection to them was both at a friendship level and ultimately at a football level. There was this guy named Tommy Owens. Tommy was a guy who was the, the rock and roll dude. I'm talking in the 80s, it was a big thing to have big hair. Remember, you guys remember that? And he was like, he'd have the, he had hair like all the way down like to there. And Tommy decided to go out to football his senior year, my junior year. And Tommy never played football. And I can remember we were having a conversation outside the, the weight room one afternoon. And he's like, dude, I, Bayfront Center, man. Iron Maiden, 70,000 watts of power, you know? I just who he was. And he could play guitar and music and all kinds of stuff. And through his connection to football, he became involved with some guys like me in an organization called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And he would come those initial times and be just like this great philosopher, you know, oh, I had life all figured out, you know, you know, dude, you know what I mean? Dude, life like, you know, you know, that whole, you know, that whole, that whole, you know, rock and roll musician kind of, you know, thinking deep thoughts, man, you know. And we watched him grow. And one day as he's going through his senior year of school, he shows up and the hair is cut off. He's trading his electric guitar for an acoustic guitar. He plays nothing but classical music. And all of a sudden, people are like, what's going on? He tells them, dude, I found Jesus, man. Did I actually lead Tommy to the Lord? No, but I was involved in the process. And if I would have quit, who knows where that process might have gotten to or if it would have got where it went. Where it went. I've got another friend named Matt Hayes. He played football with me my junior year. And our connection was not only football, our, Christ, our, 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 our connection was music. 
because I liked I liked some some rock, Christian rock music, and he started listening to some of it. And he's like, "Dude, what's that?" And we started listening. And next thing you know, we're having conversations about Jesus, all because of a long-haired hippie band called Striper. Have you maybe remember them? I still listen to them, by the way. I like lots of guitars and stuff. Anyhow, and uh, he he became a follower of Jesus. Also, he played football my junior year through the music and through FCA. He became a follower of Jesus. And another person, a guy named Rob Shorey. He is my best friend from high school. When I think of my high school old days, he is the guy. Um, he is the guy that I think about. And the reason I'm choked up is because I'm thinking about the emails and the phone conversations I've had over the last couple of years. He's a passionate follower of the person of Christ. And when we met, he was anything but that. And his family was, weren't, weren't even Christians. And, oh, man, we did some goofy stuff together. Some of them I'm really embarrassed to even talk about or think about. But somehow, in spite of my sin and my weakness, God somehow planted seeds of righteousness in Rob's life. And Rob became a football player my senior year, and he was a part of FCA. And now, at the, by the time, we're, by the time we're, we're, we're adult men, we're both serving in church, and we're talking about godly things, and he's passionate about the things of Christ. And I think, man, if I'd have quit, I do not know where all that would have ended up. And right now, you're in the middle of something where God's saying, are you going to quit or are you going to keep going? He wants you, listen to this, we as a people have to decide we're going to be persistent. Persistence is this. It's, be, it's a firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. We have to determine that we're going to be persistent. See, we do not know, we don't understand the cost of our lack of persistence. If I would have quit, I would never probably even brought that story up. I wouldn't have known about Tommy probably. And I probably would have known about Matt. And I probably would have known about Rob. I would not have seen that work in their life. I would not have known that my lack of persistence may have cost somebody eternity. And that scares me to death. I do not know that for sure. But I played a role in each of their lives because of a thing called football that I almost gave up on. That God had intended not only to build some leadership skills in me and some character in me, he intended to help them find the person of Christ through that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right now, you're in that spot where you don't know if you give up, you do not know at what cost that's going, going to come. You may never know till you get to heaven. The other flip side of that is this. We have yet to discover the reward for our persistence. We have yet to come to the complete recognition of what God is doing in us, what God's going to do around us, and what God's going to do through us if we stay at it and we allow God to form in, him, form in us the things he wants to. Persistence is of the day. We, we're doing this awakening thing with 1,100 other churches or something like that. But it's not just about the 1,100 churches. It's about each of us staying on task and staying on target. My kids make fun of me because I tend to be, I told you that like last week, I can be spiritually, I, I can be ADD anyway, spiritually or otherwise. Oh, look at the butterfly, remember? Anyway, we are here because God intends to build something in us. If you notice, our, our altars re-found re, re its place. It's amazing me. You look back over time, you see how God's building things. And, and we started this back. If you don't know what this is all about, you need to go back in August, go on our website, and, and look at the series we did called Soteria, and it's in there about God building, God creating a place, a wide open space for us to run and follow him in. And, and that the, the God would build an altar out of our lives, out of st taking the, the, the story of the stones that the Israelites took out of the Jordan rivers. They crossed into the promised land and built an altar there of remembrance to the Lord. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, it talks about the things we build our lives with. We're at our faith, moral excellence, and things of that nature. Well, right here, 
right here. This stone right here, you can't see what's written on it. This right here is stone number seven, kind of right smack in the middle of the pack of the, the building of the altar, right there. And on it written on it is two words, patient endurance. Patient endurance. That is something we are to build our lives on. And through this fast, God is creating in us this extended period of time. Some of us could give up a meal, and it would probably that big of, be, be that big of a deal. But to go 21 days and stay on a course has required some patient endurance, some persistence. And what God is filling our lives with is not the junk. God is filling our lives with the good stuff. God is building something in us that he's yet to complete. And if we step out, the altar will never be completed. We'll get about halfway there, and things will be left undone. Right here. God's got all this. This stuff tastes good. This stuff tastes good. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. And these are real, by the way. Everything up here is real. That stuff tastes good. This is good. This doesn't taste good. This just tastes good. This nutritionally won't do squat for you. I don't care what the Snickers commercials say. Now, this may give you some nourishment, but if you, you know, sorry, Thomas. If you eat... This is, if this is all you eat all day long, I don't have to say anything else. You know what I mean? This, if we ingest this all day long, it's nothing but good. Are you hearing me? If we ingest the things of God, we build our life on this altar here uh, around these things God calls This is all good, but we've got to stay persistent at it. We've got to grow in it. And there's this guy named Daniel. He was a persistent guy. This is where this fast thing comes from. We'll read about in Daniel chapter 10. Persistence was something that was a part of his life. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. You'll read these words. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events in the future, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, have been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. This is where we get the idea for the Daniel fast. Right here, right here. 21 days, three weeks of just ingesting the things that are good. Can I hear you know what David was saying, or what Daniel was saying? Daniel was saying, I am not going to indulge my flesh. I want to seek the face of God. He was saying, I'm not going to partake there. I'm going to partake here. I want God to rattle my chain. I want God to wake me up so I can hear his voice. I can understand his will and his purposes. I want that to happen. He said, forget that. I'm going this way. That's what Daniel said. Are you hearing me? And so that's what Daniel wanted. Daniel's lifestyle was this. He wanted to know the will and the purposes of God. This was not something he just embarked upon on, on this one part of the journey. This was a lifestyle for Daniel. This, was, this is how Daniel lived. This is, this, is how he, this is what he yearned for. This is what he walked into. This was his life. Daniel's life also consisted of prayer. If you read Daniel chapter 6, the only place his, his enemies could find a place to persecute him was in his faith and his carrying out of his walk with Jesus. And the Bible says he prayed morning, noon, and night. They knew they'd catch him doing that, so they found a way to get him snagged in his own walk with Christ. Isn't that true? 
what happened. Fasting was a, was a part of Daniel's life. It was a lifestyle. Daniel chapter 1, we just launched right into it. He, does, he refuses to eat the king's meat. He said, I mean, i got better things ahead of me. I'm going to be what God wants me to be, not what the king wants me to be. King can rename me. He can do whatever he wants to do. I'm still going to be Daniel who's following after Christ. I'm going to do that. And in Daniel chapter 9, you really get it. Daniel fasted to find the face of God. This is a lifestyle thing for him. And God's calling us into that lifestyle of, of, of foregoing things. Persistence was of the essence for Daniel. Persistence. He, he, he gained persistence because he stuck to prayer. Because he stuck to fasting. Because he stuck to seeking the face of God. He became a person of persistence. Persistence in those things and persistence because of those things. How do you know that, Aaron? The very first piece of the puzzle is in Daniel, chapter, Daniel verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. That may not mean much to most of you. But you know what that means? This is 70-something years, almost 70 years from the time that Daniel's book starts till right now. Daniel chapter 1, he's just a young man. He has served now three different kings, and he has served them well, and he has served them good, and he is, in, he is now a very orderly man. He was a young man when this started. He's at this point in his life. Persistence was Daniel's life. He started with King Nebuchadnezzar. He went down through King, what was it, Belshazzar, and then he ended up here with King Cyrus. Seventy years. He's been serving, and God's taking good care of him through all that change, all that transition. And Daniel has been persistent because he was a man who sought the face of God, because he was a man of prayer, and because he was a man of fasting. I believe it with all my heart. That is what made the difference for Daniel. When everybody else was gone, Daniel was still there. And so God was working in Daniel's life. So what are the products of our persistence? If God's calling us to be persistent like Daniel, what, what, what's going to be the product thereof? Let's look at verse 12. Daniel sought this vision. He sought out what God's talking about. And all of a sudden, somebody shows up and begins to convey a message to Daniel. He says in verse 12, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. What Bill said a minute ago is exactly right. Some of you are facing opposition. Bill didn't know what I was going to talk about this morning. I think that was a God thing. That was a confirmatory note. Patrick did something odd in the first service. Started start about taking one step after another. Just keep going. As he was singing in the middle of first service. That was a God thing. He didn't know what I was talking about either. And God's calling us to just keep walking. Keep taking a step one after another. Keep going. Just like Daniel. Opposition is going to come. Somebody's going to try and block your way. Somebody's going to try and keep you from getting what God wants you to get. Persistence, though, produces the presence of God in our lives. If we stay persistent in the things of God, God is going to show up. I promise. It took, it took, Daniel, it took, took God 21 days. Why do you keep saying God? Is it an angel or what? I read some commentaries this week, and I thought, man, I never really thought about it that way before. You know what? If you compare the image that Daniel describes in Daniel chapter 10 to the image that, that, that John saw in the book of Revelation as he's getting, getting the, the words for the end times like Daniel's getting, you match, you match it with the, the, the vision that Abraham saw of God walking between the, 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 the sacrifices in Genesis, you know what it all points to? This is most likely the person of Jesus. 
He had showed up big time in Daniel's life. He had shown himself right face to face. There's Daniel and Jesus talking to one another right here at this moment. And so our persistence produces the presence of God. We empty space in our lives so God can fill it with himself. Daniel had removed all the stuff, and God said, Jesus, I'm coming. I've heard you from the day you started praying. I have not quit. I've not ceased. I'm getting here. The fact that we acknowledge we need persistence implies opposition. Do you know that? The fact I even mentioned that you need persistence implies that there's going to be trouble along the way. 2 Corinthians 7.14, the scriptures say this, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, sounds like fasting and praying to me. What did the Lord said, Daniel said, you started, since you started to humble yourself, how was he humbling himself? He was praying. I mean, fasted. We'll call my, then will I hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. Is that what it says in there? The backdrop of that piece of scripture we call the time is that they're dedicating the temple, and God is saying, when the floor drops out, you can turn towards this temple. My presence is here. You will find opposition. You will find struggle. And when you turn from that other stuff, when you turn away from the normalcy of life, when you humble yourself and you turn towards me, I will show up and I will hear you. Persistence implies opposition. It implies that. But persistence pays off in presence. Persistence implies opposition. Persistence pays off the presence of Jesus. Wow, is that awesome? Another product of our persistence is this, answers. They were 10, 12, and 14. Listen, answers, and it, it reveal our purpose. I have come in answer to your prayer, he says. Now I'm here to explain. He talks about Michael the archangel coming to, 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 to do war with the kingdom of the, the, the prince of Persia there, the spiritual prince of Persia that held him back. And he says, I have come to explain. The way to see God is to keep coming close to Him. The way to see the way to the way to see His presence grow in your life is to keep drawing near. The way to get answers is to keep asking. Matthew seven seven through eight says these words. I like the way it reads in the New Living Translation because it it, it goes a little deeper than like King James or New King James. King James and New King James just says, "Ask, seek, knock," like it's one time events. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock, and okay, once you do that, you got the formula. Boom, it's good. That's not what it means. The Greek words there that are used imply what, what, what Matthew 7 says in the Living Translation. It says this, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And the neat thing about that, if you would open a New Living Translation Bible, the subheading in there, right above that, says effective prayer. Effective prayer is not prayer that's shouted out once, like at the drive-thru with McDonald's. Effective prayer is the prayer that keeps drawing us closer to the person of Christ. Effective prayer is the prayer that keeps asking, that keeps seeking, that keeps knocking. That's effective prayer. Then you received his answer. God revealed the vision to him. But also... Daniel received strength. He received power from the presence of God and the words of God. My prayer over this time is not that you've just foregone this, but you've entertained this. And you begin to hear God speak more clearly. You begin to respond to him, and he begins to respond to you. 
verse 18 of Daniel 10 says, And the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. And he said, Don't be afraid. Notice these words. For you are very precious to God. And he shouts at him. There's exclamation points in the next, these next few phrases. He says, Peace, he says. Be encouraged. Be strong. Because we have this impression of God, don't we? You are so precious. Peace to you. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you can make it through another day. We have that idea of God. Jesus in this thing, he is he is he is screaming encouragement to Daniel. There's exclamation points. Listen, you are very precious to God. Peace be upon you. Be encouraged. Be strong. And right now, that same voice of Jesus is screaming to each one of us. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep coming close to me. I promise I will meet you where you are. I will come to you. I will help you in every way. The problem is, we have this character called Satan, and he would not be a good devil if he opposed us. You're right. In every spot we intend to fill with God, Satan intends to help him not fill. And so opposition will come, and we need to be encouraged at times. You know, it's kind of funny to me, you know, just kind of weird things happen. You know, right now at our house, in the last day or and a half or so, all of our kids have come down with some inexplicable fever. All four. Several Christian on Friday, all three of the other kids got it yesterday. A little bit of sniffles, a little bit of achiness. Other than that, that's all. And they're home right now with their granny. And we could t- t- take that as an opportunity just to, to, to lay back. But you know what we did last night? In spite of all that, we still gathered them around. Somebody goes, you should have put them in the bed, Aaron. That would probably be a good thing to do. You know what we did? So I put them in the bed. We sat with them. We shared the scriptures together. We went through the devotion with them. Each of the, our, little, our little boys together and our big girls together. And we prayed together. And we decided, you know what? My, my wife came up with the idea. The Bible says if we pray for, pray for one another that you might be healed. And so my, my wife's response was, listen, won't you find, let's think of somebody else we know needs to, needs to be healed. Let's pray for them tonight. So every one of my kids pray for somebody other than themselves that healing would come to them. We're going to be persistent. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing what God's to do in spite of the opposition, in spite of the resistance. In spite of that, we're going to keep going and keep going and keep going. He says, Daniel goes on, and he spoke these words to me. I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord. There's a key who he's talking to. Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. And Daniel begins to be, you know, maybe he was weak from all the fasting. I don't know. Maybe his body was wore out, but all of a sudden he finds strength. It reminds me of James 5, 16. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person in the, in, in the New King James Version makes much power available. New Living says the, the earnest prayer of a righteous man. That word earnest is a Greek word. It's energeo. Where we get our word energy from? Listen to this, what Vines, what, what Vines says about it. To put forth power, to be operative, to work. And it's in working, it says. Now listen to this. For example, it says, in the effect produced in the praying man. See, I've always thought that this prayer, effective prayer thing had to do with what I prayed, what happened out here. Are you hearing me? According to Mr. Vine, the effect of fervent prayer, the more results it produces, it's right here. It's producing in me. Listen to these words. 
and the effect produced in the praying man, bringing him into line with the will of God. Then it references Elijah, which is what James wanted to say. I thought to think about that. Elijah, I thought, it says he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and then it, and it didn't rain, and it prayed he, that it would rain, and then it did rain, and I think, oh, it just happened real quick. But you think about the story, it didn't happen that way. The famine's over. Elijah and his, and his buddy are praying. He says, hey, go ahead and check this out back here. See if there's any rain coming. Blue skies under me. There's no rain out there, Elijah. Let's keep praying. Go back again. See anything? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. What's out there now? I think I might see a speck. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait. Let's pray, pray. Okay. Go back out there. Oh, I think I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah's like, yeah! And God was bringing Elijah and his partner into alignment with his own will at that moment. It wasn't about God trying to be stingy or mean. God was doing a work probably on the inside of Elijah and his buddy to create a life of persistence in them so that they could become everything God wanted them to become. And all of a sudden it came. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Go tell Ahab to get his chariot going because he needs to get out of here because the rain's coming. And then we know the rain came. You know, the meaning may be in its end working and the effect producing the praying man. Because I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Listen, I know you're waiting, but maybe what's going on inside of you is more important than what's going on outside of you. What's going on around you. Maybe right now what's going on, maybe what's going on inside of you is more important than what's going on through you. Maybe you're praying that God would answer some big prayers. And God's you're like, well, God, why won't you answer? Maybe God's saying, you know what, just keep coming close. Just keep coming close. Let's build some persistence. Let's build some consistency. Let's build some patient endurance. The Galatians chapter 5 would call it faithfulness. It's a fruit of the Spirit of God. When He's at work in you, He creates faithfulness in spite of opposition. And He's doing that in us right now. He's calling us to keep building that altar. He's calling us to keep indulging in the things of his, uh, that are good, the things that are beneficial, the things that are growing. But you know what? You, like me, probably have been at a place where you've wanted to quit. Maybe right now you want to quit on your family. Maybe right now you want to quit on your job. Maybe right now you want to quit on your ministry. Maybe right now you want to quit on a, on a loved one or a family member or something. Maybe right now there's just something. Maybe you want to quit pursuing those financial goals you've set. Maybe those career goals that you've set where education and stuff. Maybe right now you're, just, you're thinking about quitting. Before you quit, let's watch something real quick. Your attitude's like the aroma of your heart. If your attitude stinks, it means your heart's not right. Sir, let's preach it. Mm-hmm. What? How's your attitude, Brock? It's fine. Then you'll be okay with the death crawl, right? Yeah. All right, everybody on the goal line. Get your partner. Let's go. All right, let's go. Show me something. Ten yards. Move it. Move it. Let's go. Let's go, Matt. Let's go. Let's go, Jonathan. Show me something. Ten yards. Show me some power. No knees. Keep your knees off the ground. Show me something. There you go. Ten yards. Show me some muscle. Show me some power. Give me some heart. Let's go. Very good, boy. Very good. Let's run it back. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. 
What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The <laughs> 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Am I the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. It burns. And let it burn. It burns. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Go, Brock Kelly. You don't quit on me. No, you keep going. You keep going. Go, Brock. Ten more steps. Ten more. Ten more. Ten more. Keep going. Don't quit. Give me your heart. You can. You can. Five more. Five more. Come on, Brock. Come on. Don't quit. Don't quit. Come on, Brock.
Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. I don't know why every time I see that. Just, I don't know where it's the football analogy or what. Just grabs you right in the middle of my chest because I don't want to be a person who quits too early. The Bible says, He who endures to the end shall be saved. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 says that we should not lose heart. We should not give up. How many times have I ever wanted to quit my life? Lots. Lots. Thankfully, God put people around me that was like that coach who just kept, get, keep going, keep going. Today, I'm telling you, I think it's a need and out. I didn't think of the first year. We don't know when the end zone, where the end zone is. If we're thinking the 21 days is it, dude, we're missing it. For some of us, it'll be day 22. And for some of us, it'll be day 56. And for others of us, it'll be day 38. And for others of us, it'll be day 95. And for others of us, it'll be... And so if we think we got the, the end in sight and we're, we're, we're approaching that, then we're just missing it because God has a bigger thing to do in us. And it, this thing in of itself is not the end just for going food and, and, and choosing like fruits and vegetables and stuff. It's about God growing us. And it's about us staying with it until God completes what he started. That's where it's at. Galatians chapter 6. What's it say, Thomas? Galatians chapter 6. Let's read this. Look at this and get it right inside of your being. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired. you got seven days. Seven days to keep walking. Seven days to keep pursuing Jesus. Seven days for God to complete something he's already begun in you. And for some of you, he may keep calling you to keep going. My prayer is this will become a, a, a lifestyle for us. It won't be just about three weeks of forgoing something. It'll be about three weeks that changed our lives and brought us closer to the person of Christ. That we want him more than we want anything else. Do not get tired of doing what's right. You all, just like Brock, can give me seven more days. Just like he gave that coach ten more steps. You can give God seven more days. You can make it. Let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. And I don't know when your time is. I don't understand when it's going to transpire. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Yes! Huh. I may feel like quitting. Quitting. Imagine if all of us in here, they commit not to quit. Imagine what happens to the world. Imagine what happens to the church triumph. Imagine what happens to your family. Imagine what happens to your neighborhood. Imagine what happens to your workplace. Imagine right now if you're trying, I am not quitting. How many, how many of you guys, are, right now in this room, how many say, dude, I've, dude I want to quit right now. I've had lots of opportunity this week to quit. Anybody bold enough to say that? I just ready to throw up my hands. Who is? Who is it? Who is it? Stand up. Stand up. Go ahead, Paul. Stand up. Us. Come on, Derek. Yeah. Come on. Quit. Don't give up till you do quit. Who else? Anybody? None of you feel like quitting. Come on. You can be more honest than that. Larry, stand up. Come on. Come on. Be like Brock. Stand up. Who else? Who else wants to quit? Who else wants to quit this week? Regina, come on. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Come on. I know you're out there. <laughs> Did you feel like quitting, Marie? Uh-huh. 
can't quit. Anybody else? I'm going to ask you to get, Tim, go ahead. Keep persisting. Listen, I don't, want to t- I don't necessarily want testimony. I want somebody to admit that l- I'm on the verge of quitting. Might as well testimony. Anybody? I want to be honest. I had about 18 people stand up in the first service. That's all I said. Anybody wants to quit? Bam! They just stood up. Stand with me right here. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Let's pray together. Jesus, wherever our arena is, wherever our issue is, God, first of all, let us recognize you're our hope and our salvation. Lord Jesus, the reason we we do this is not because to interact, entertain some religious activity, God. We, we're, we're involved in this, God, because we want more of you and less of us. And we get in the way so often, Lord. We get so much. There's so many things, God, that grapple for our attention. God, there could have been a laptop there. There could have been a TV sitting over here on this side in front of Patrick's computer, his, his keyboard, God. There could have been all sorts of other things. Some kind of activity. There could have been sports up there. There could have been all sorts of things up there, shopping or whatever. God, we're choosing that, not to do that so we can choose you, Lord, so we can make space and time for us to actually have a relationship because that's what this is supposed to be about. Lord, for those who are thinking of quitting, Lord, I pray, Jesus, your grace and your power and your strength would go to them right now. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that where they stand, God, they would feel the encouragement of your Holy Spirit, God, coming upon them, Lord Jesus. They refuse to give up, and they refuse to give in, Lord. I pray, God, like Elijah, they keep coming back, Lord, until they they see the answer. I pray they'd apply Matthew 7. They'll keep asking, and they'll keep seeking, and they'll keep knocking, Lord God, until the door is open for them. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that, God, you would do something incredible and amazing, God, to spur them on. Lord, I pray, God, they'd hear the voice of that coach screaming, just finish more steps, just 10 more steps, God. And I pray, Father God, you'd meet them right where they are. Lord, if there's one person here, Jesus, who does not know you, and they're thinking about giving up on life, giving up on everything, just giving up completely, Lord, I pray, God, they would realize it's in you that they live. It's in you that they move. It's in you that they have their being. And God, they would turn their hearts and their lives over to, to you, Jesus. God, you are, the, you are the hope of our salvation. It's not found in a list of do's and don'ts. God, it's found in the person of Jesus who washes away all of our sin, all of our garbage, all of our crud, And God makes us brand new. If you don't know Christ, that's where you start to experience that new day, to experience that new opportunity to cross that line. You start by pursuing him, and he meets you right where you are. Jesus, I pray, God, that each person in this place, God, would know the voice of God and that strength would come to them, God, like it came to Daniel. I pray they'd know the presence of God, Lord Jesus. And God, they would find that you are the place where their answers come from. God, not someplace else, not someone else, not something else. God, not, not, not some Google search, God, not some, uh, some internet dating, dating service, not, Lord Jesus, some friend or something like that, God. Lord Jesus, the answer is found in you. 
Lord Jesus, empower us to keep going. Lord, I don't know what lies ahead, and I don't know when the time of reaping is going to transpire for every person in this room, but I believe, God, as we approach, God, the end of this season, God, you're going to spur us on to live in a lifestyle, God, like that of Daniel, that at the end of 70 years, we'll look back and go, wow, look at the amazing things God has done. Look at the, my life. Look what's happened to me. Look look where I've, where, where I've been, what God's done in me, what God's done through me, what God's done around me. And Lord, I pray, Jesus, we keep that perspective in front of us. The Galatians 6, 9, and 10 will become f- fruitful us, God, to partake of, God, that we taste the goodness of God and know if we keep moving and we don't lose heart, if we keep seeking and keep asking and keep knocking, God, you're going to illuminate things to us. Jesus, I pray, Father God, where we felt stifled, Lord God, your grace and your power would go right now, Lord Jesus. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to keep moving and to keep going. Lord, we declare your goodness over the people of Church Triumphant. Lord God, you've got good things ahead. God, take every vacant spot and fill it with your goodness, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm one who will raise my hand and I'll say, God, speak to me like David, like Daniel said, for your words give me strength. Right now in this place, Lord, I, I just lift up both my hands and I say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, your words give me strength. Lord, I pray for every person in here. They'd hear your voice. They'd respond to your life, Lord Jesus, and they'd, get, you'd, they'd find strength in there. Lord, I pray, God, we go through the next seven days, Lord. I pray, Jesus, you chose some mighty things, Lord. You're good, Jesus, and you're great. There's none like you, Lord. Be not weary in doing what's good. For in the right time, in the right season, you reap a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. Lord, give us a persistent spirit. Give us an enduring spirit, Jesus, I pray. We bless you, we thank you, and we honor you, Jesus, for that. It's in your great and awesome name.